Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Belisai. I'm here in the studio with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. How are you? Oh, oh, I'm pretty good. I just took a car all the way from Manhattan to this tiny Brooklyn studio to catch up with you, to just chit-chat, you know? <laughs> to really just sit down and share my thoughts and feelings with you because I'm definitely not trying to do my job and introduce the show, Barry. Jesus. So sorry. I'm so sorry. Please, please, just tell us what's on the show today. Okay. <laughs> this week... <laughs> I got a lot of wacky shit for you, and worse things first. After that, we're diving deep into my least favorite season of the year. The one whose end is right around the corner. You can feel it in the air. It starts with a W. You know what it is. Award show season. The Oscars might have happened a mere two days ago, so award season might be over, but it's only the beginning for my complaining. And then finally, we got a quick little interview in a game with Hannah Hart, the brilliant mind behind My Drunk Kitchen, the web series and book. And did you know she's a newly minted podcast host herself? So after you listen to this episode, you should go ahead and subscribe to Hanalyze This, her new podcast. Or you can do it while listening if you're a multitasking monster. <laughs> So let's do it. Let's get on with the show. Are you ready? Seatbelts, everyone. Ah, uh, cruising on down my <laughs> street. You're relaxing, feeling no. good. Let's do it. Come on, right on the magic school bus. All right, horse things first. Let's talk you through the weirdest, shittiest headlines of the week first. 
we have a woman in Brooklyn who is accused of poisoning <gasps> her lookalike what? with cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> so this Brooklyn woman goes up to this woman in Queens who looks just like her and offers her a cheesecake that's laced with a Russian tranquilizer. <laughs> what I don't understand is that the woman just took the cheesecake and <laughs> ate it. Matt, you would do the same <laughs> thing. Come on. I was thinking about it. I was like, yeah, I would do that. <laughs> it was strange. A complete stranger who kind of looked like me offered me cheesecake. I'd be like, thank you. <laughs> and I'd eat the entire thing. Thankfully, or I guess fortunately for her, she had the foresight not to eat the entire thing. The willpower. She lied down. And then a friend found her in bed, and she was lying there in lingerie, surrounded by pills. What? And the woman had stolen her passport. <laughs> so she, like, tried to murder her, and then stole her identity. And then tried to, like, fake that she tried to kill herself by, like... Literally a scene from The Americans. I know, that's all I can think about. <laughs> I've watched enough The Americans FX original to know that this is a Russian spy oh, yeah. who tried to steal this woman's identity, fake her death, and the culprit is cheesecake. How dare you, ma'am? That's how you know Russia will never win, because you will never turn our beautiful cheesecake against us. Anyway, next, a man in Baltimore was sitting in his car. He decided to spritz himself with a nice aerosol body spray. Mm. And then he lit a cigarette and his car fucking exploded. <laughs> it blew the car's door open, pushed the roof up, shattered the front window. I guess they said the the windows were down, the like front windows. Uh -huh. But it's still, there was enough... Uh, Pressure? Yeah. A police spokeswoman said d she described it as a sudden and violent expansion of the air molecules in the vehicle. <laughs> He's fine, apparently. Uh, the driver appeared unharmed, but was taken to the hospital to check for hearing damage. Here's the thing, straights. Stop spraying Axe body spray. You are a danger to yourself. You are a danger to me. You are a danger to the environment. You are a danger to everybody. You're fucking exploding cars in this bitch. I just have, like, Axe body spray inspires in me the, like, horsed images of high school like locker room, sweaty mm -hmm. gym uniforms. Like that one kid who thought he never had to wash his school uniform. Oh, he just yeah. sprayed it with Axe body spray and it would all go away. No, sir. There was this one gross kid who kept his girlfriend's gym uniform and he would sit no. there and sniff it. No. <laughs> no. You're going to see each other in like two periods. <laughs> I was like... Oh, this is too high. I have no romantic life because my <laughs> uh, my high school rearing years, I was exposed <laughs> to the worst <laughs> of heterosexuality. And I was like, oh, God. Uh, next. Going across the pond, as they say. KFC, which stands for Kentucky Fucked Chicken. <laughs> KFC in the UK. Recently, they ran out of chicken. And now they're out of gravy. So, like, what else is there? <laughs> Except all of the best parts of KFC, which is the sides. So, first of all, it's just, this is fucking Reba's fault. Oh, 
she's now she's Colonel Sanders or whoever. Second, I say everybody in the UK should be happy to just get an empty cardboard bucket because that's better food than the rest of the garbage that they serve in that entire country. How do you say KFC in British? Harry Potter. <laughs> KFC. There ain't no chicken. There ain't no gravy. Adele, if you're listening, I'd love to get your thoughts on this. Please write into the podcast. We will feature you prominently. Next, Kristen Bell announced that she got anal worms from her daughter. (laughs) Because why not? Uh, She told her story on a recent appearance on The Joel McHale Show um, that her three-year-old daughter's preschool had an outbreak of pinworms among their students. And then one day her daughter started scratching her bum. And then she says, quote, sure enough, I wiped and saw a little white worm. <gasps> ah! <laughs> no! And then she said she got she contracted it herself. I would I would get rid of the kid. I'd be, <laughs> put it in a pillow sack and throw it out with the bed and the sheets. Oh my god. Ah! Ah! <laughs> I just I just read the sentence and that's what elicited this reaction. Pinworm infections are spread person to person by ingesting pinworm eggs that have contaminated fingers, bedding, clothing, or other items. No! Let's go now to Kristen for her immediate reaction. This is the bad place. Next! God warrior Kim Davis, who you might remember as going to jail in 2015 for refusing to grant same-sex couples marriage licenses in Kentucky and became like a folk, folk hero. Now... Kim Davis is releasing a book called Under God's Authority, The Kim Davis Story. (laughs) And according to Kentucky.com, quote, Kim chronicles her dramatic encounters with furious, fist-pounding homosexual men and the hate mail that flooded her office. Get in fucking line, Kim Davis. Okay, have you been to one brunch with any homosexual men? That describes every encounter I've ever had with a homosexual man. After last week's RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, I can tell you about multiple dramatic encounters with furious fist-pounding homosexual men that I've had in the last three days alone. Speaking of Kentucky, if you want to see Matt Belsai live in Lexington. I'll be there in like two days. Thursday, March 8th at Comedy Off-Broadway in Lexington, Kentucky. (laughs) And finally, the worst for last. An anonymous man from Japan posted step-by-step updates as he used the stomach of an anglerfish as a fuck toy. And then guess what? He ended up in the hospital because he probably got a parasitic infection in his urethra, which is what happens when you fuck the stomach lining of a dead fish. Why? He said, despite his less than positive experience, he was keen to try masturbating with a dead squid. Next. No! Oh, it's so upsetting. When I was in fifth grade... We had to dissect a squid, and I didn't really want to. But my teacher forgot a squid carcass 
by the windowsill no. for like a week and a half. No. <laughs> and one day we were like, it smells like shit in here, Miss Mackinacus. I don't remember. <laughs> it was something like that. And finally we went looking and found that she'd left a squid carcass by the window. But you know what no one did? Fuck it. And that's it for Worst Things First. Now, roll out your red carpets and get ready to ask me what I'm wearing because this week's deep dive topic is award show season. Spoiler alert, I'm only wearing spilled marinara sauce on my chest. Because I eat ravioli naked. Oscars. Academy Awards. Chris Hemsworth's dick. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Well, the Oscars were on Sunday. We finally survived another award season, but don't worry, because the next award season will start in like one fucking month, and it'll all start up again, and then everybody in Hollywood can get right back to dressing up all fancy to jerk one another off while we all watch from home, covered in our own filth, because that's what I do. So this week's Deep Dive, we're going in on the worst things about award shows. I don't give a shit if you don't like what someone is wearing. Let people wear whatever the fuck they want without getting judged for it. If I were to walk in wearing a blanket, a nice slanket perhaps, onto the red carpet, then I shall. (laughs) Who gives a fuck, okay? Most of these people are wearing clothes that cost more than my entire fucking life than some meatloaf on E! News who's only like one paycheck above wearing a literal burlap sack has the audacity to be like, That's fucking hideous. Go back into the cave that you crawled out of, you heathen. Next, there are too many goddamn award shows, okay? Because as, first of all, as a gay, I'm illegally required to watch all of them. It's in my contract. And it's exhausting. I have a life to live. I have children to feed. But no, no, I, every Sunday from September to fucking March, I have to turn on my TV for eight hours and watch Anne Hathaway fucking cheekbone her way through an entire broadcast. Get your collarbones out of my face, Anne Hathaway. Next, every celebrity is awkward as fuck. And I don't need to know that, okay? I don't need to know that Chris Hemsworth can't actually read a sentence out loud. Stop destroying the mystery. For all I knew, Chris Hemsworth was a brilliant physicist who decided to postpone his career discovering the origins of the universe to become an Australian hunk who waves a heavy hammer around in tight leather pants. But no, you had to go and make him say the word cinematographer on camera and now the illusion is ruined. Next, fuck every E! News host because all of their questions are dumb. No meaningful interaction has ever happened on a red carpet. Also, one time Juliana Rancic was like, I don't like what Beyonce is wearing. And I was like, you're lucky Beyonce lets you live, Juliana Rancic. Take that home and cash it. (laughs) That's my thing now, just catchphrases that make no sense. Also, why do the red carpets start at like nine in the morning? Let people have breakfast at least. Wake up nice, nice omelet. Except, how do they poop? How do they poop? 
That's what I want to know. It is a worthwhile question. It reminds me of this uh, invention I saw on Shark Tank, <laughs> ABC Shark Tank, where it's for wedding dresses, but it's like a thing that you wear under the dress. It's a net that then you can like take the straps of, pull it up, and it takes your whole dress, and then you like sling it over your shoulder like a backpack, and it's all in the net. And then you can sit down and take the biggest shit of your life. <laughs> <laughs> with no concern that it'll mess up your wedding dress and or Oscar's dress. Next, there was way more expected of the women than the men. It's not fair. You know, I'd like to see Hugh Jackman in a dress in five layers of Spanx with, with a plunging V-neck and a slit up the side of his thigh. You have to strategically angle your tights and Spanx in order not to be seen. Because, oh, 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 if someone sees a bra strap, <laughs> death to her, right? Put her, put her on the cross. Throw her in the lake and see if she sinks. <laughs> I'm fucking losing my mind. Um, let's see. What else? The in memoriam segment is always a weird, cruel reminder that we only like some people and not others. <laughs> <laughs> I always like when they clap loudest for the most famous people. And it's like, well, guess what? The cinematographer who died like 30 years ago and we're just now remembering him. His life mattered too. So All lives matter. <laughs> Good. That's how they should end in memoriam. <laughs> Next, Oscar pools are dumb as shit. Guess what? If you won your Oscar pool this week, you're a piece of shit. Because you fucking looked it up on Entertainment Weekly or Variety or Hollywood Reporter and you just marked down everything that they said and then you fucking won. Because it's easy as that. Everyone knows who's going to win, okay? Just ask Warren Beatty. Um, next, possibly most importantly, Beyonce still doesn't have an Oscar and it's an offense. She has worked too hard for too long. She played Etta James in that movie once. Foxy Cleopatra in Austin Powers Goldmember. She played Dina in Dreamgirls, which she thought was going to be her Oscar movie. The most inspiring thing I've heard about Beyonce is that she used to tape a picture of an Oscar statue um, in front of her elliptical and exercise to it because that was like her dream is to be an Oscar winner. But... Beyonce is going to be a voice on The Lion King, and I bet they'll write an original song for it so that she gets nominated for an Oscar, and she better fucking win, because I will walk that red carpet and slap everybody in the face if it doesn't happen. And finally, the worst thing about award shows is how the winners feel entitled to give these long-ass speeches where they say a bunch of names that don't mean anything to anyone except the person with that name, which is exclusive and also boring to me. I think I think the winners should have to answer a specific question or perform a quick talent like they do in toddler pageant shows. But instead, they just get up there and pull out a piece of paper because they can't even remember who they care about and start crying when they're like, oh, thank you, Mom and, and Dad and Big Baby Jesus and John Smith and Bella Latrune and Sophie Steinson and my, my bros. You know who you are. We don't know who you are. Oh, my acupuncturist Jenny, my mixologist Roberto, Ernie and Bert, <laughs> DJ Roomba, and the music is still going, but they're not taking the cue. They're just reading faster and faster instead of just not reading those names at all and getting off the damn stage because if you're not going to do a magic trick, then why are you even up there?
All right, get ready, because next up, we got a little interview in a food-themed bowl of shit talk, making it a, a bowl of shit-talky mushrooms. <laughs> I hate this. Anyway, next up, we got Hannah Hart in the stewed. My guest complainer this week is Hannah Hart. Maybe you've seen Hannah's web series, My Drunk Kitchen, or perchance you've read one of her two books, or mayhaps you've looked upon her face on her TV show on the Food Network, or in one of the many movies she's been in, or it's possible that you've subscribed and listened to her cool new podcast, Analyze This. Whew, she's pretty damn accomplished. Hannah Hart is like the internet drunk fairy godmother I never had, until now, when it became official because I made her wear a tutu and throw glitter at me through this entire interview. Too bad you can't see it, but you can hear the interview right now. What is the worst thing about being an internet drunk? (laughs) An internet drunk. Um, For me, it's the assumption that I drink all the time. Yeah. That's the that's the hard thing. Cause with having my drunk kitchen, people uh always assume that like I drink like a lot. And the truth is I'm a little person. Right. And so it doesn't take much for me to get drunk. Right. Right. And so people are like, oh my God, like how much have you been drinking? I'm like, no, dude, like two, three glasses of wine. Yeah. <laughs> and you were saying before this that um day drinking is also not I can't do it, man. I can't day drink unless it's like unless it's like we're on vacation and you can take a nap at any time. <laughs> yeah. You know? You can yeah. sleep for four hours. You right. know, because if I drink during the day, I just get so tired and like irritated. Yeah. And like dehydrated and hot and it just I don't know. I don't I don't like day drinking, you know, like bloody Marys and mimosas and stuff. It's like if I drink that, I'm not gonna feel good. I'm gonna feel like kind of sick. Right. Yeah. For me. It's fun in the moment. Yeah, it's fun. In, it's fun in theory, right? This idea of like, ooh, getting tipsy during the day. But then I'm just like, ooh, I have the rest of the things I wanted to do today. Right. You know? All of the hours after you would drink that you would normally spend sleeping at night is like you have to live through those yes! hours. The, the, yes, the hours you normally spend sleeping it off. And you're also missing out your opportunity to do things like laundry, go to Target, <laughs> yeah. you know, anything else you have saved for the weekend. Yeah. I used to say after I would film something in the middle of the day, drink a bottle of wine, that I would be like, I'd reach that part of the hangover where you're like sad yep. and all you want is like macaroni and cheese and like tears. Yeah, I do. And I would watch MasterChef Junior and just cry because oh they're so God. nice to one another. That's so sweet. <laughs> I was the, like, the first these year, kids. the first year uh, of making online video, the first year of my drunk kitchen, I was 24, mm-hmm. I think, and. I was still drinking like I was in college. And I'm 31 now, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I would be just so miserable after if I shot during the day. Mm -hmm. And then I would think to myself, like, why am I so miserable? Because I I was not educated enough about alcohol as a depressant to know that it was a feeling being generated chemically in my body. Instead, I thought I was just like, wow, Hannah, you are, in fact, the worst. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. You know, what are you so sad for making your online video, Hannah? And I right. was like, <laughs> Do you think, um, I mean, this is a serious question, I guess, but like, do you fear that like drinking is too much a part of what your personality is? Well, good. The, luckily for me and, um, you know, 
if I was being a big sister in this moment, I would advise you to do the same. Uh, I have created a strong delineation between Hannah Hart and the show I do, My Drunk Kitchen. Right. That was pretty intentional because I have um, alcoholics in my family and I've seen friends just, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of what alcoholism can do to people. So I never wanted to make people think that it's the drinking that's fun. It's right. hanging out together that's fun. You know what I mean? Right. It's like that we're drinking together and we're hanging out, we're having a good time. No, that's true. Yeah. It makes me sad though when you look at the internet these days because you see people that are just doing this like like really binge drinking and they're not it's not even clever. It's not even like they're being funny. My Drunk Kitchen's like a self-help parody show. That's right. the that's the shtick. Mm-hmm. You know? But then you see people that are just like hurting their bodies. Right. And that doesn't make me laugh. That makes me uncomfortable. You're just you're just reading me right now. What? Like, no, no. <laughs> Honestly, no, because you're very you're like, funny. Matt, you no. were just binge drinking your life away. No, 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 no. But like, yeah, but like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. on channels, people are like drunk people blank blank. And it's just like they're just like, I don't know. I think I'm just a mom. I think no. I'm just a mom. No, I, I agree. I think, you know, I, I think it's important for the audience to understand that like the drinking is not the thing. Right. It's, it's that, like it's that we're like lit and loose a little and like talking. It's right. some real talk. Like the authenticity is the thing, the permission's the thing, the familiarity, the vulnerability. Right. Those are the attractive aspects. Right. Right. Yeah. For me, it was, you know, I was drinking at work, but I think it was more like I was doing what everybody wishes they could sort of do at work. Yes. Which is like just not follow the rules and like put your feet up and. And be yeah. like, I'm going to talk about this today. And it was also very, and like you had it all, you know, it was, it's funny stuff. It's still a funny monologue. Right. You know, which right. is like, there you go. So listen up, kids. What? I'm ready. <laughs> oh, I'm not the kid in this. <laughs> no, listen yeah. up, kids. Drinking is not the answer. It's not. Um, I know your girlfriend, Ella. We yeah. used to work together at BuzzFeed. Um, you guys are adorable, and you are very prolific in sharing your, your joy and love with one another you on the You know what's internet. so funny is that we were together for, like, a year before we posted anything about being in a relationship. Yeah. And I'm like, there's such a trope of people being in relationships online. But I'm like, dude, they've been together, like, a month. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, with Ella, because we're both online. I was right. like... I'm really not comfortable with anything public until, like, we're at least one year in. Right, And she's like, yeah, whatever. As retribution for the loving pictures that you share, I want to hear what is— Stuff about all the bugs and shit out of me. (laughs) What is, like, the deal breaker? What is, like, if the person I loved came home and did this— Oh, yeah. That's it? It's over. (sighs) Okay. Well, let's see. Ella's very curly hair. And it is everywhere all the time. <laughs> and it's all over the shower. Deal breaker. Not, yeah. No, that's not my deal breaker. <laughs> but that's a pet peeve. I'm just right. like, wipe it off. Right, a right. deal breaker is if they injured an, an animal. Right. Okay, sure. <laughs> she comes home and injures an animal. If she did done. that. It's done. It's done. Right. But like, she could never. She's like a like baby bird. She loves animals. Right, right. She, she, I'm scared one day I'm going to come home and she'll be like, I have four parrots. <laughs> I'm like, why? So don't be a serial killer, basically. Is, yeah, don't hurt animals. Yeah. And is there another deal breaker? Yeah, I mean, lying, you know. Right, that right. Kind of, you know, the basics. The basics. But yeah, don't kick our cats. Be a good person. <laughs> yeah, don't be a, be a serial killer. Don't be a serial killer, please. Yeah. Um, we have a, a game that we like to play um, called Bowl of Shit Talk. Um, and we have a bunch of, this is our food edition of Bowl of Shit Talk. Okay. Um, so we'll, we'll pick a random food and um, we can rant about it or share our thoughts. Love it. Um, number one. Chocolate and peanut butter combined. 
We're going to shit talk that? Do you just thumbs up, thumbs down, let's talk it out? Um, amazing. Wrong. What? <gasps> Peanut Tell me butter more. and chocolate together, I think, is it's the worst combination. What? Not the worst combination. Yes, the worst combination. I'll double down. Oh, you're, oh my God. Someone told me recently that they they take two chocolate chip cookies and smear peanut butter in between the two of them and then make a sandwich. And I was like, you're a terrorist. I mean, that's, that, that I don't love. I don't love that, you yeah. know, because that's too much. Right. But like a piece of dark chocolate with like a dollop of peanut butter on there or a piece of milk chocolate with a uh, salted, roasted dollop of peanut butter. I mean, yeah. it, it's all about like that. That that conflict and flavor. I don't know. There's something about it that bothers me. Is it too gooey? Is it the texture? Let's well, let's work this out. Did peanut butter hurt you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> See, I like like I obviously I like chocolate on its own. What kind um, of chocolate? Dark. 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 Milk chocolate. chocolate. What do you think? Milk chocolate also on this list, so we can talk about Hate. it right now. I don't like milk chocolate. Hate it. I don't like milk in my chocolate. I don't like white chocolate at all. Right. Oh. I want my chocolate to taste like dirt. I think white chocolate tastes like if somebody was a from another planet and they made candy to give to humans. They were <laughs> yeah. like, here's white chocolate. But that's what white chocolate is. Yeah, it's it just, not chocolate. I completely agree. It's terrible. Like, so, factually, it's not chocolate. It's not good. I wish I had a piece of this chocolate peanut butter fudge that I would bring you later today. Yeah. And I would give it to you. I'd be like, this is great. It's a, it, I mean, it's so good. Chocolate and peanut butter is great. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm not convinced, but I'm glad we talked it through. Okay, good. Glad we workshopped it. Um, crispy chocolate chip cookies. Ooh. I'm a big fan. God damn it. I'm sorry. <laughs> they I now like make like specifically crispy bags recipes. of like crispy. A crispy cookie is my favorite. I love when you have a hard edge and a soft center or when they're a little bit overcooked on the bottom and the top is. That's me, man. That's me. I love that. I hate soft, big, soft cookies. Mm. I hate. I think they taste. I don't like them. It depends. You can go too far. In the big soft cookie department? Right. Yeah. But a you're soft just eating cookie. Cake. I mean, come on. A big soft cookie once it cools, is so boring to me. It's like I'm taking the same bite every single time. Right. And that bite is not even that interesting. So, like, when I have, like, a crispy cookie, it's like, ooh, a little, ooh, that had a little, ooh, that was a bigger chocolate piece. Ooh, this was a little more firm. You know? Like, that's what I want. Just constant simulation. <laughs> I do. I will say, like, cookies that are too gooey are yeah. gross. Yeah. And uh, cookies that are, yeah, too cakey. Cakey. You know when you get like a cookie at like, like I would never eat a cookie from Starbucks. Ever. Because those cookies aren't good. Next time you get a cookie from Starbucks, think about what a home-baked cookie tastes like. And think about this cookie. And you're like, why am I even eating this? If I want a cookie so bad, I should make cookies and they'll be fantastic. Yeah. I don't want to make cookies. Oh, well. Okay. Do you have a favorite type of milk? I think nut milks are offensive. The only acceptable milk, buttermilk. Buttermilk? Right. Buttermilk? Buttermilk. You like buttermilk? Buttermilk ranch. Buttermilk? Have you ever had buttermilk? Have you ever tasted buttermilk? (laughs) Like straight up? Probably when I was like a babe. If you, you would remember. I I challenge you to go buy buttermilk (laughs) and taste it and tell me you like buttermilk. I, I will do it only to defy you. Okay, you're like, this is, you're just weeping. You're just like, this is delicious. <laughs> Let's do a couple more. Okay, cool. Donuts. Oh, yeah, we can go into donuts, yeah. You've tweeted once that you hate donuts. Don't love them. 
and I don't understand. Oh, just sweets in general, I guess. I, sweets your... I don't love. Here's the thing about donuts. I, there are types of donuts I do enjoy, uh-huh. you know? Um, like that one donut that's kind of wrinkly and is very soft and almost eggy. Um, it's like, a, I don't know if it's a cruller. Right, that, that was my guess. Yeah, it's, it's that one. It's kind of eggy. In the, like you eat it and it's like the dough is yellow and it's like, it's delicious. Um, but like a cake donut, hate them. I think I just really don't like that texture. Yeah. Yeah. Like that that like like the soft pillowy texture of like <laughs> I'm making a repulse. <laughs> like that is Well, I'm a very pie versus cake person. I would strongly prefer pie. Cheesecake. Is it a pie or a cake? I I think it's a pie. It's on a crust, it has a filling. That's true. It's a pie. All right. Kashi cereal? Not a fan. No. Not a fan. Yeah. I if I wanted dry. to eat bark, yes. I'd bite into a tree. Yes. Um, breakfast versions of foods that are not breakfast foods. Like chicken and waffles? No. Like breakfast pizza. No. There's too many people. It's like a trend now. Ew. As a concept, breakfast food isn't my favorite type of food. So to have it on other types of food that I like, like I would strongly prefer to just have pizza. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it offends me that you are not a fan of breakfast food or <gasps> brunch food. Dun-dun! But I'll, I'll allow it because... We can end on a good Hannah hate something yeah. note. Uh, so we don't, you know, cake. Hannah have hates to cake. throw away this episode <gasps> because you're too positive of a person. You can just for call me. it Hannah hates cake, <laughs> you know, because I'm unabashed about it. I have no shame in admitting that if there's cake, I will pass. All right. I'm sorry. Well, I won't invite you to my birthday party. That's fine. <laughs> I'll watch. Or you can bring your own dessert. Before we let you go, where can people find you and your work? I'm, I'm actually, I have a really exciting thing I want to talk about. Okay. Is that cool? Yeah. If you guys are a fan of podcasts, and if you've been a fan of listening to my voice, please, please, please check out my brand new podcast, Analyze This, which is a self-help podcast that just can't help itself. I'm so excited. I know, me too, dude. If you want to hear some raunchy fucking mental health talk, you're going to enjoy Analyze This. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And now for a new segment I call, How Dare You, Sir? Where I personally address someone who has wronged me recently. And for the inaugural, How Dare You, Sir? I am addressing a magician. (laughs) (laughs) Guess what? I'm in a feud with a magician now, I guess. Because last week I was in Boston for a thing called NACA. It's the National Association of College Activities. (laughs) And basically it's a convention for college students who plan the activities at their schools. And what they do is they have like showcases where a bunch of performers get to go and show off their talents. And then the college students can be like, oh, we want you to come to our school this year. I had the honor of being a host at one of the stages, which means I got to bring out all of the acts. And there were all types of people. There were comedians. There were musicians. There was a mind reader. And before we came out, they told us, the organizers, they were like, we're extremely strict on time. If you go over by like one second, we'll cut your fucking mic and we'll close the curtains on you. So anyway, we're halfway through. I bring out this fucking magician and he went too long, but his last trick was that he like turned a blanket into a parrot, a giant macaw. I don't know the difference. 
But they fucking cut the lights on him and they closed the curtain and the parrot took off because it freaked the fuck out. And then it landed on a light far up in the ceiling. And then I had to walk out onto the stage while all 1,500 students of the audience were staring at this fucking parrot. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is going on? How dare you, sir? So then I had to stand there and be like fucking improv and be like, I don't, I don't know. Should I just go on and tell the jokes I came prepared with? Do I address the fact that there's a fucking squawking bird? Oh yeah. Cause it didn't shut the fuck up. It was still squawking. <sighs> Finally, an organizer of the event came out and it was like, we're going to take over. And they made all 1500 people evacuate the room so that the magician could get his fucking bird down. And the entire time I was like, how dare you, sir? This is my show. Also, he was a very hot magician. His <laughs> name is Elliot. You can look him up. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, how dare you, sir, to that macaw? How dare you, sir, to that magician? How dare you, sir, to the city of Boston? Thank you, and good night. We're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps us deal with all the bad stuff, make it all go down easy. Barry, do you have a chaser this week? Oh boy, do I. What is it? Did you hear? Barbara Streisand cloned her dog. <laughs> I did hear that. That's my chaser. I just love that Babs cloned her dog. It also freaks me out, and I don't really understand it. I think it's a little bit psychotic, but love Babs, so. Yeah, I don't do really get wants. how it works. It's just like, it has the same DNA, so yeah, they it took probably the cells. be like, look just like it. Yeah, it, it, they're, they're already in existence. Two of her dogs are clones of her dog who passed away. But they do have their own personalities and stuff. It's just remarkable to me. What if Barbara Streisand is a clone? <gasps> and it's been a clone the whole time. EGOT winner, Barbara Streisand. <laughs> <laughs> Even Matt- though she only is, is an EGOT winner on a technicality. So Okay, you know what? Let's not go ahead. Don't no- tell me not to s- <laughs> <laughs> just sit and putter. Oh, ice candy and the sun's a ball of butter. Don't bring around a cloud to rain on my parade. What's your chaser this week, Matt? (laughs) My chaser this week is maybe surprising to people, (gasps) but my chaser is for the real housewives of Atlanta, specifically. I feel like people might assume that I think I'm too good for the real housewives because of the classy way that I live my lifestyle. But I am not. I fucking love The Real Housewives. I binged watched it. I was also this week on Bravo's official podcast, The Daily Dish. So if you want even more of me, you can go listen to that. And I talk about my love for The Real Housewives and all the interactions I've had with The Housewives, specifically Countess Luann from The Real Housewives of New York. I fucking love The Real Housewives. So much drama. And that's it for this week's episode. Thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher, wherever else you get this show. Hit that subscribe button, then rate us, review us, but only if it's nice. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Media. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Josh Gwynn, Jenna Weiss-Berman, and me, Matt Bellisai. Special thanks to Max Linsky, Jess Hackle, and Maddie Sprungheiser. 
Music by Hansdale Sue. You can find me on all the social medias at Matt Belisai. That's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, bye bye. Seatbelts, everyone. Ah, cruising on down Main Street. You're relaxed and do feeling you, good. Do you not know this song? No. What? You don't know <laughs> the Magic School Bus? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I haven't memorized. I saw that show when I was five years old.